Ting, and welcome to this week's episode of This Week's Episode. I am your host, Evan Goldstein, and with me as always is the ever-extreme Karen Randazzo. You're being bitchier than usual, and not in a hot way. <laughs> and the always intense Chris Randazzo. Hey guys, you remind me of some assholes I'm gonna kill! <laughs> we here on this week's episode talk television. Um... This is television, sort of, this week. We are talking, I mean, you know, we do our normal thing where each one of us picks a thing to make the other people watch, and this thing happens to be on YouTube. So, it's episodical, but it's based off of a television show. So, Dragon Ball Z Abridged. Now, give the, give the, give the audience a second to figure out who chose this one. <laughs> it was Karen, you're ready to go? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Chris. Yes. Okay. All right. So uh, <laughs> I chose Dragon Ball Z Abridged because it's honestly one of the funniest things I've ever seen. And I must have watched every episode. I just keep it running at work a lot, just just looping in the background from beginning to end. The series makes me laugh so much. Um, so when it came time for me to, to pick a show, I knew I eventually wanted to get you guys to watch this because... Beside, aside from the fact that I think this is genuinely funny, uh, be, as a Dragon Ball fan, like the that the show that it's parodying, I'm a huge fan of, as you know. Um, mm. But I was really curious what, if anything, you guys would get out of it, uh, not having any real knowledge of Dragon Ball outside of listening to me yammer on about it. Um, because I I think that the comedy in this show is very smart it's very well written and it's extremely funny like it's it's really sharp it's really fast-paced uh so i had to sit and think to myself if i were to choose a regular tv episode length block to show you guys where is a good place to start because this show has gone through a remarkable transformation since its inception uh when it's the abridged you're the abridged like, version yeah okay um because if you go back and watch the first couple episodes of dragon ball z abridged it's very much a youtube show like the production quality is it's a joke uh, which, because okay. the show is intended to be a joke and it these guys wound up taking it so much more seriously and the production values got so much better that it it um it, it goes on this curve where the show just keeps getting better and smarter and funnier. Um, I thought about showing you guys some stuff in the Frieza saga, which was really funny, but instead... You know, <laughs> I didn't get to see Frieza once. <laughs> not once. You know, people don't usually complain about not, being, not seeing Hitler. Well, some no. people do, but they're weird. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm going to say So I decided to go with uh, three episodes in pretty much the beginning of the current season slash arc in Dragon Ball Z Abridged, which is the Android Saga. And the three episodes I picked are Season 3, Episode 5, 6, and 7, The Island of Dr. Jiro, Super Saiyan Swagger, and Catch Me If You Can, Droid. Uh, Was it 35, 36, and 37? Yes. Yes. Okay, because you said 5, 6, and 7. Well, season three, episode five, six, and seven. Oh, is but that how also, it works? Yeah. Interesting. If you look this show up on IMDb, it, it is listed, and it's it is actually broken down into seasons. But these, uh, the first two ep- seasons, had technically ten episodes, uh, ten episodes apiece. Uh, no, more than that, like fifteen episodes apiece. This, these are thirty-five, thirty-six, and thirty-seven. If you're counting overall, and there were a couple of multi-part episodes, but uh, yes, I just wanted to make sure we were all talking about the same thing because that you know. <laughs> yes. I don't, uh, uh, 
for the listeners. I wanted to make sure they could find this. <laughs> yes, yeah, absolutely. If you if you're looking it up on on YouTube or on their website, Team Four Stars, the uh, group of people who do this, um, which uh, if you didn't know that it was done by a group called Team Four Star, that ridiculous Team Three Star joke in the Kai abridged episodes might be a tiny bit funnier. Anyway, um, so what I had these guys watch uh, before jumping into this was two episodes of Dragon Ball Z Kai abridged. At a certain point, not that long ago, the powers that be decided to make an essentially an abridged version of Dragon Ball Z so they could re-air it as a Saturday morning cartoon on like the CW and whatnot. And what they did was they took out a lot of what, what people consider to be filler from uh, the episodes, and it's just a shorter version of Dragon Ball Z. And they called it Dragon Ball Z Kai. And it was okay. all right. So the people who do Dragon Ball Z abridged uh, have done in t- two season episodes where they abridge Dragon Ball Z Kai. So it's Dragon Ball Z abridged abridged. Okay. <laughs> it just goes by like each episode. There's two episodes and they're the first two seasons, like just the entire season in a couple of So minutes. wait, those first two things that you made me watch was two seasons? It was two seasons worth of information, yes. Those, those episodes were shorter than the... <laughs> episodes that we watched 35 36 and 37 each of them yes i mean they varied in, in length from like i think it was like nine minutes to like 14 was the longest yes. somewhere around there yes this was like two yeah so just to put things into perspective uh those are entire seasons condensed of a condensed show that is condensing a show so Dragon Ball Z is actually quite full of filler. Like, I cannot recommend in good conscience that anybody other than a kid to grow up with Dragon Ball Z watch Dragon Ball Z. Like, I would never tell either of you to go back and watch Dragon Ball Z because it is it, it is a taste you must acquire when you are young. Okay. <laughs> it doesn't hold up like something like Batman the Animated Series where you can go back and really... It, it's It's very difficult to appreciate because... While it's written in that style that a lot of manga and anime follow, where it's a bunch of filler and then something really cool happens at the end, it's a this was one of the first shows that really did that and did it more or less well. And there's just so much of it. There's so much of it, <laughs> and it's not very funny. Um, so, uh, so there's no humor involved in the regular Dragon Ball Z. There's definitely humor involved, especially in the original Dragon Ball, but not this kind of humor. Okay. Okay. Uh, Dragon Ball Z is much more of a straight up action show. Okay. So, um, if you the 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 I sh- I told everybody to watch the Kai episodes just to kind of get a basic flavor of who the characters were and kind of the humor the show was going for. And that was really all I got out of. Like I'm watching it and like everything's happening and I'm like this is I I don't I can't follow what's going on. <laughs> it's so fast that I didn't I watched those two episodes and these three episodes and still don't know anybody's name. Well, see I that got... was the one thing I could pick up people's names. It's probably because I've heard Chris sit to refer okay. to these people enough times that I was like, oh okay, that's uh, Vegeta. Yeah. Yeah. Vegeta. Like He's now the one I could with put a really like a. High hairline right yeah mc widow speak as he's referred to in an episode (laughs) i think 
Okay. And the other thing I liked about this Kai abridged was like uh, they kind of explained the concept of Dragon Balls and the fact that like uh, you had to collect a certain amount or something like that. But they didn't really say it like that. They were just like, go get the thing. I got the thing. We have the thing. And that there's is so many things. Get all the things. That's something that uh, there's a there's a critic who I like to read her stuff. Uh, Linda Holmes, who works for NPR. She says something. She says similar thing about like when there's like a MacGuffin in the movie and they go to a lot of trouble to explain what it is and how it works and why everybody wants it. She's like, that's all unnecessary. Just say there's a thing in the box and everybody wants the thing in the box. Go, <laughs> <laughs> and like, and that's exactly what they did. And and that made that got me through. I was like, okay, I, that's a, that's what a Dragon Ball is. Got it. <laughs> yeah, and that's really what I had hoped that you guys would get out of that because. Um, Really, that those episodes are particularly funny if you've seen the you know regular versions of it. It's just so rapid fire and ridiculous. But so on to the episodes that I actually chose. Um, these are the you know, fifth, sixth, and seventh episodes in the season. Um, the way the season starts is that uh, at the end of the previous season of Dragon Ball Z abridged, uh, Goku was on the planet Namek fighting. Uh, what did they call him in Kaya Bridged? I'm Space Napola Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> he was uh, just the ultimate evil bad guy, Lord Frieza. And uh, Goku is fighting against him and eventually wins and he keeps letting him go. But, you know, eventually turns around, blows him up. But then the whole planet's going to explode and he escapes on a ship. And uh, he shows up and uh, uh, Frieza somehow survived the explosion where... Goku survived through the grace of the muffin button, which is a a, a great running gag that <laughs> I can't I can't even begin to describe on the show. It's it, okay if if you've ever played a tap game, every tap game has a sound, whether it be a pop, a click, a, a swizzle, something. And the way they showed it is him pushing a button, and it makes the pop sound, and a muffin shows up, and then does it again and again and again and again, and then all of a sudden the world turns, turns into, into a muffin. <laughs> That's uh, the world turning into the muffin is only in the Kai abridged. In the the way they explain it in the actual series is that he found the Frieza's ship, pressed the muffin button a bunch of times. When the planet blew up, the muffins formed a protective coating around Goku. <laughs> launched awesome. him through space. <laughs> awesome. And it comes from a joke earlier where they, the doctor, the professor's building him a spaceship and uh, he's talking about installing a cappuccino machine and Goku is like, wouldn't it be great if there was a button you could press and blueberry muffins would show up? Hint, hint. <laughs> and he, the doctor's like, no, there's no such thing as a muffin button. I never even considered that. And in the following episode, it starts off, and Goku's talking to him, and he's holding a muffin. He stops and says, where did you get that button? Muffin button. Where'd you get that muffin? Muffin button. But I never installed a muffin button. Then where did I get this muffin? <laughs> and just kind of leave it at that. It's brilliant. Okay. Anyway, so a time traveler shows up uh, and tells Goku that... Um, there are three. There are two androids that are going to show up in three years, and they kill everybody. And Goku says, "Well, they kill everybody. Well, you didn't mention Yamcha. Well, Yamcha hung himself because he's a he's a joke of a character. Well, what about me? And Goku doesn't make it there because of heart failure. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, it's, apparently, Goku dies of of some sort of heart attack uh, from some. Mis- 
you know, mysterious virus or whatever. Uh, and they say in the show it's 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 high cholesterol from eating too much bacon. Where and not too many muffins. <laughs> not too many. <laughs> Guys, just... do you have any bacon? I ate all my pocket, pocket bacon. bacon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna keep remembering lines. Okay. Is anybody else hot? Because it's hot. <laughs> I did note in the art style, everybody is sweating all the time. There are drips and beads of sweat on everyone. Well, that's the thing. Sweat is, in anime, like a single thing of sweat is nervousness. Whereas Goku uh, is like dripping sweat because he's having a heart attack. Sensabine. <laughs> Sensabine! It made it worse! <laughs> so, um... Uh, back to the uh, story. Uh, Trunks gives Goku this medicine that if Trunks is the time traveler. Trunks is the time traveler. Yes, and he tells Goku about the androids that are coming in three years and says, "Here's this medicine so that you can be alive when the androids show up and hopefully change the future." Also, we find uh, he tells Goku that he is the son of Bulma and Vegeta. Uh, Bulma being the fem- one of the main female characters that's been in the show since the original Dragon Ball, and Vegeta being. Vegeta. Vegeta. <laughs> An ass hat. An ass hat. <laughs> I am the hype. <laughs> oh god. Um so uh he keep he wants to keep that part a secret because of whole time travel. It doesn't want to you know erase his chance of chances of being born because uh, he doesn't want to them... have to play Johnny B. Good at the end of the sea dance. Exactly. <laughs> um so I decided to pick up after the three year gap. Uh, with these episodes, five, six, six, and seven are right after they, you know, they've been training for three years, ready for the androids to show up. And right in the beginning, you know, we're heading, <laughs> we're heading on a field trip. <laughs> we're going to your gay Uruguay. <laughs> and and you said that that he has been is secretly training his son but his wife doesn't want him to train and be a fighter so he keeps telling her that he's taking her on field trips yes exactly (laughs) he and piccolo are training gohan and they keep lying to chi chi for three years saying that they're going on field trips instead of training we're going to fight androids don't tell chi chi oh dad you made it three years three years dad three years you almost had it I'm taking Gohan, bye. <laughs> that's that's also another uh, running gag throughout this entire ser- series is that, and this happens in the original Dragon Ball Z as well, people keep taking Gohan places. Uh, so the way they play it up in this show is that usually there's some sort of brief pause and then somebody says, I'm taking Gohan, bye, and then they fly away with <laughs> Gohan. <laughs> <sighs> Uh, so they all meet up uh, as they're they're flying on their way to uh, South City, where um, the uh, androids are supposed to show up. Uh, Goku is, you know, a little winded, and Piccolo's like, "So, what do you think our chances are on a scale of one to ten? My chest hurts." <laughs> <laughs> so uh, they eventually they 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 go. They spot the androids. They can't sense the androids because they're not made of normal people energy and basically the show pointing out that this is bullshit and um they all have to vegeta makes that very apparent (laughs) later on they all have to sensing shit is bullshit (laughs) (laughs) they all have to split up and search the city manually to find the androids um now the characters that are involved in this are goku who is super super powerful vegeta who is super super powerful although no vegeta's not with them 
That's right. Vegeta flew off because Bulma was bitching at him for getting her pregnant. She told him he had to get a job. And then he flew into space. That was a year and a half ago. <laughs> so yes, Bulma has little baby trunks. Uh, she's she's there. Uh, Goku is there, who is uber powerful. Piccolo, who is very powerful, but not quite as powerful as Goku. Then you have uh, Tien. Piccolo's, Piccolo, Piccolo's the green guy. Yes, Piccolo's the green guy. He was an alien from the planet Namek. He's a Namekian. What's a Namek? <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> what the fuck is Namek? <laughs> um, <laughs> God, this show is hilarious. Uh, the other characters that are with them are Krillin, who is uh, Goku's best friend since they were kids, who is... He's, he's the, the bald short bald guy with the six dots on his head. He's a monk. And, okay, uh, he's the little dude. Yeah, okay. he's the little dude who is probably... Send to me! Send to me! Uh, he is... Obviously, like, superhuman powerful, but as in relation to, say, Piccolo and Goku, he is extremely weak. Uh, okay. Gohan is Goku's son, and he is very, very powerful, uh, which uh-huh. is kind of why people keep taking him places. Okay. Uh, Ten- Tien, or Ten Shinhan, uh, he is the tall, bald guy with the third eye. Okay. Uh, he is v- very powerful. Let's say he's fourth in line. He's okay. th- less powerful than Piccolo, but not, you know... Not as more powerful okay. than Krillin. Who's the dude that looks like Goku with shorter hair and a hole in his chest? Yamcha. Yamcha. Yamcha is the weakest out of all of them. <laughs> okay. And is regarded in this show constantly as a complete joke. Okay, what's the thing with the cat food song? I, I don't really know. It's just so strange. Like, alright, so Yamcha, in the original anime, Yamcha was a a thief. He was a desert bandit, and then he got together with Bulma for a long time. And um, guess whose kid this is? <laughs> Vegeta. 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 Could have been, been mine. mine. <laughs> uh, and uh, so they do this bit in here where he's like, like, there's a point in the anime where he's a baseball player, and he uses his essential superhuman powers to be like a ridiculously rich baseball player. Um, okay. And then eventually that falls through, and he's down on his luck. Uh, so in the show, there's like some song that's singing that's the lyrics the are just cat, food cat loves food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> some kind of cat food commercial thing. It's so strange. Uh, and who is that shorter, the heavy set dude? Yajirobi. Yajirobi. Okay. okay. Uh, yeah, he's just some character. God, how do I explain Yajirobi? He's this. He in the original Dragon Ball, he was one of the you know, strongest fighters in the world, but he's excruciatingly lazy. And okay. uh, he lives on Corrin's Tower. You've probably heard them refer to Corrin, Corrin a couple mm-hmm. of times. Corrin's actually a cat okay. that can talk, and uh-huh. uh, the, a male cat, and him and Corrin are in a relationship with one another in okay. Dragon Ball Z Abridged. <laughs> Not in that the- was That was the <laughs> lactating joke later. Yes. Okay, it's, I get it This show's weird. In, the, in the, the original anime, they're not a couple, but they turned them into a hilarious gay couple in this show, and I find it hysterical. But their job really is just to supply the sensu beans, right? That's essentially what they get boiled down to. Like, in the original series, Korin is, you know, it's, it's a thing that Goku has to get to and meet Korin, and Korin and Yajirobe give him training and all this stuff. But by the time this point in Dragon Ball Z, they're just relegated to the people who supply sensu beans, which are just Which MacGuffins. we better leave here because they're just going to weigh us down. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> that was... 
<laughs> that, that was a great example for me in this of just like things that happen on TV shows that like, you know, you watch it as an audience member and you're like, so because of reasons? <laughs> yes. Yes. It was a because of reasons type of thing. Just so that. So uh, anyway, um, they all go down and search the city looking for the androids. And naturally, Yamcha, the weakest person, is the one who finds them first. <laughs> And the android's designs are so ridiculous. It's like this... I believe there's a point where two people are talking and they turn around and say, isn't that right, inconspicuous man and mime? Yeah, they do that a couple of times. It's like, why, why would we choose that, those two particular forms for these super powerful killer androids? I'm sure there's a reason for building a super fat android, but for the life of me, I just can't figure it out. Well, what else we learn is that the the older robot is actually Dr. Giroux, the scientist that created all the androids. And he's now an android himself. And there's a joke, and and a couple episodes later, I think you saw it, Evan, where... Yes. Uh, <laughs> did you put your Wait a minute, are you an android? <laughs> yes. How did you do that? I took my brain out and put it in this robot body. How? Huh. How did I do that? Because <laughs> he's literally an android with, like, a, a clear domed head, and you see a human brain inside of it. Yes. So the rest of the the rest of him is android because every time he moves his his neck, <laughs> you hear the robotic uh, sounds. Yes. Like, anywho, sorry. That's, that's such a weird design for an android too, and it's I've seen it other places. Like the clockwork people in the uh, Doctor Who episode, the the girl in the fireplace. Those people have like you know clear brains, you know mm-hmm. brains inside of clear glass, and then they're clockwork. But those things are actually androids. And this is a running gag about this, too, because in Dragon Ball Z, these are referred to as androids. But they're cyborgs. Androids are all robotics. Yeah. And these, for some reason, they're calling these things androids, and they're cyborgs. There's a great many jokes about that. So anyway, Yamcha finds the androids and is quickly... The androids look at him and say, oh, that's Goku. He's got spiky hair and an orange outfit. 87% possibility that it's Goku. So uh, the, the the older android, Dr. Shiro, picks him up and shoves his fist through his chest. Basically puts a giant hole into him. Uh, and then everybody else shows up. And, it's just, and Goku shoves his, oh, no, Yamcha's been Yamcha'd. <laughs> I did hear that. I caught that. <laughs> now, what was in um, in the bottom corner of the screen? Every time the little dude with the dots on his head gets fucked up? <laughs> yes, there's a counter. Ever since the beginning of Dragon Ball Z Abridged, they, they count every time Krillin gets owned. Okay, because it flashes so quick, I couldn't read what it actually said. <laughs> yes, that is the Krillin, the Krillin owned counter. So every time okay. he gets knocked out or or okay. insulted or something, and they they have a running tally going throughout the whole series, which is fantastic. Okay, uh, so um, they convince the androids to to leave the city because uh, Doctor Giro blows up like a whole bunch of the city, and then they're like, "All right, we need to take this out of the city so more pe- innocent people don't die." They go out there to fight him. Dr. Shiro explains that he's been studying them for years and years with some weird insectoid nanobot thing and uh, studying all of their moves, and they're now powerful enough to defeat Son Goku. And uh, Piccolo says, oh, so you follow him all the way to Namek, and they have no idea what Namek is. 
like, so you've never seen a Super Saiyan. <laughs> What's a Super Saiyan? And then Goku goes Super Saiyan. And, Wait, uh, oh, okay, hold on. <laughs> oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, and as Piccolo says it, he hands the Pillsbury Doughboy his generous white ass. <laughs> yes. So he's, the first, like, it's, I'm going to say the first half of the second episode is Goku just beating up that round <laughs> robot in the sky. And conversation happening between everybody else, where the old robot would every once in a while go, Oh, come on! <laughs> Throw a punch already! Dodge! <laughs> Executing dodge protocols. Why is dodging a subroutine? It's not that complex! <laughs> and there's a little funny joke next to that where Goku, uh, sorry, Piccolo turns around and looks at Gohan and he goes, What? What? <laughs> In the throughout the course, in the earliest part of this series, uh, the first person who takes Gohan is Piccolo, and he takes him to train him. And Piccolo's training essentially boils down to yelling "dodge" and then punching Gohan. <laughs> 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 All right, see now that joke makes sense to me. <laughs> so yeah, that, that's kind of a running gag is that Gohan can't dodge. Um, so just the, like me when I play a fighting game. <laughs> good times. Uh, the, one of the reasons I picked this was because the voice actor who plays uh, Dr. Giro, um, I, I love that guy's voice. I just think he is hysterical, and his delivery his delivery is so good. The guy's name is Chris Guerrero. Um, okay. And, boy, what else has he done? I'm looking at his... It uh, doesn't matter. He did bully repeatedly. Yes. And <laughs> the best, honest-to-God, son of a whore I've ever heard. <laughs> So this other the the fat robot is like booting up or whatever murder murder dot exe and the twenty percent thirty percent seventy percent sixty percent what a fatal error has occurred <laughs> would you like to send a report no sending a report son of a whore <laughs> which is really I mean that's how I feel every time my computer crashes and I need to send a report now to waste five minutes doing absolutely nothing <laughs> oh, so good um, so uh, Goku is a uh, he's, he's fighting the fat android and eventually the fat android reboots itself and absorbs uh, Goku's energy blast and uh, Goku's like huh didn't work try again double strength and Goku's getting more and more winded as this goes. And then eventually he just falls down and he says, guys, I'm pretty sure I'm dying. I'm sorry. I don't want to alarm anybody, but I'm pretty sure I'm dying. <laughs> Chest beating, heart, heart racing, breath. Ju- ar- how, how's your arm? I don't know. Can't, Can't feel, feel it. it. Is that normal? <laughs> well, I'm pretty sure Goku's having a heart attack. <laughs> so uh, he asks him, uh, well, you took the medicine. Goku stopped taking the medicine because it was grape flavored. It was grape flavored. In the episode when Trunks gives him the, just the delivery of the lines, he's like, a, um, uh, he gives him the medicine. And Goku says, "Is it grape flavored? Uh, I don't know. Yes, because I don't like grapes. Well, then it's bacon flavored. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness." All right, so so Goku's having a heart attack, and the white android is uh, is getting ready to essentially kill him. Then you hear in the distance, mine, 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 <laughs> and Vegeta shows up and essentially saves Goku's life, which also happens in the series. In the actual show, Goku, figuring that he's just fine, 
doesn't take his medicine, has a heart attack on the battlefield, and is about to die, and Vegeta saves him, because according to Vegeta, nobody's going to kill him but him. And that's what I figured the mind, 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 mind yeah. was. Vegeta just flat out hates Goku, but he is the only other member of his species that it, that is still alive. So they have kind of a, a interesting relationship. Uh, and in this show, the way they play it is that Goku thinks Vegeta is his best buddy, and Vegeta just hates him. <laughs> just hates uh. him so much. <laughs> Thanks, best buddy. <laughs> So Yamcha flies him back home to take the medicine and and not die, and then uh, Vegeta kills the shit out of the white robot. Rips off his hand, repeatedly asking him, do you feel fear? Then gives him a countdown on when he's going to kill him, rips off his his energy-absorbing hands, and scares the crap out of an android. (laughs) And finishes him off with his Big Bang attack, which they make. Did you hear the name of that attack? That was That's ridiculous. So Vegeta's a Super Saiyan. Yeah, whatever. Did you hear the name of his attack? <laughs> now, another one of my favorite things that they do in this show, which also happened in the original show, but they do it way better here, is um, during the whole Namek thing, uh, Piccolo fused with another Namekian named Nail. Uh <laughs> And they kept, like, his voice was in his head for a little bit there, and then it eventually faded away. But it never fades away in this show. So he's always got this smartass in his head named Nail. Uh, just kind of, the, the relationship the two of them have going back and forth is great. Because they also play up Piccolo being a very, very lonely person in this show. <laughs> and how he has a roommate with a pool table in his head, apparently. Uh, <laughs> I think that was later. I think that popped up later. Yeah, that did pop up later. (laughs) You might be getting a roommate. You're going to have to get rid of the pool table? When did you get a... I almost fell for that. (laughs) Fell for what? (laughs) This doesn't make any sense in the confines of reality, but that's what's wonderful about this show. Uh, Yeah, and then they all wind up chasing Dr. Jero back to his lab. Uh, More hilarity ensues. Uh, And that's pretty much, as far as the plot is concerned, what happens. I know I just yammered on for a long time about this, and we kind of segued a lot into silly quotes and whatnot. But the comedy on this show is so sharp, and it's so fast. And I knew, Evan, I knew that if I could get you to watch a couple episodes of Abridged, you would find it hilarious, because the humor's right up your alley. Yeah. Yes, it is. I was worried that you would think it, that I'm pointing at Karen, that you would think it was just incredibly stupid. And even if you did think it was incredibly stupid, I know that it made you laugh a couple of times. Yes, and that I did me, laugh. That made me very happy. Because it just, it just vilified the fact that, yes, this show is actually funny. Even if you think it's stupid, the jokes are good. I mean, I remember when Goku was trying to find the androids and he went into this whole weird existential conversation about <laughs> being an android wouldn't really ch- change where I am, just what I am. I wonder if they dream of electric sheep. Which, I don't know if you know, this is the name of a book. Yes, do androids dream of electric sheep is the name of a book and I'm so glad that that, that made you laugh as hard as it, it did. It, it made me laugh, but it, and like, it was funny, but what I was really laughing was like, that, you know, this is a silly thing. It's incredibly silly, and it's like, a, you know, parody of a, of a anime thing. So I didn't expect that level of intelligence in the humor. I was like, yeah. holy shit, that's a really, that's a really smart book they just made a joke about. I'm sorry, still my favorite joke of 
the, the whole three episodes was Sensabine. Sensabine! <laughs> <laughs> when a Super Saiyan asks you for a Sensabine, you say how many? <laughs> Yeah, so so as everyone's eventually Krillin goes back, gets the bag of sensu beans, and every time somebody gets injured, he throws a sensu bean at them, like directly at their face. (laughs) And off it's always off camera and you hear him go, Sensu bean They reuse the same animation over and over again. Except like he didn't give one to Piccolo, right? And he got hurt like the worst. Where was my sensu bean? Sensu bean You think I'm just giving these away? Because I'm not <laughs> was it within these three episodes where he ran out of sense of beans, or is it that a- after? That's that's after. Okay, Reese. He's oh, everybody. Man, I, gets... I started this with like fifteen or twenty of these things. <laughs> so very yeah, entertaining. That's 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 my show, Dragon Ball Z: Abridged. It's one of my favorites. The episodes come out extremely infrequently. I don't know if okay. you noticed well, the that... gap in episode. Uh, when you were looking at them on YouTube, but like a, a perfect example, the most recent episode, the the current s- season that's running is regarded as probably the best season that Dragon Ball Z ever had. It's it's a really really interesting story arc as far as character is concerned, and just just writing is concerned. And this is um, one of the things I wanted to talk about with this show is how they're doing this with such love and respect like obviously they are poking the crap out of fun at the original show like because there's it's very easy to make fun of but these guys love this series so much that when certain moments happen on this show they they stop joking for a minute or two uh just (laughs) to show the awesomeness of the things that are happening it's like when you watch uh riff tracks on lord of the rings when the balrog shows up they shut the hell up and they do that in this show too. There was an episode later on where uh, the, the the green guy with the people in his head, uh-huh. he goes up to go get another person <laughs> into his head. But as that interaction is starting, the voice in his head goes, "Did did I just sense a real tonal shift going on here?" <laughs> yeah, and that happens from time to time. And this particular point in the series is where some of those moments happened in the show, like where you just. You have to sit back and just appreciate the awesomeness of it, like and you and have obviously done all the episodes, right? What do you mean, like thirty five, thirty six, like season one, episodes one through ten? They've done all of the episodes of Dragon Ball Z. Well, they're they're abridging the series. They're not uh, linking episode to episode. Okay, so episode thirty five of abridged is not season three, episode five. Of it is of Dragon Ball Z abridged in relation to Dragon Ball Z. This would be episode, geez, they must have been on episode like 150 something by then. Okay, like okay. yeah, they're they're really shortening the show. <laughs> like a I was lot. just I just didn't understand how they were ending episodes and starting episodes for the, like where they're choosing to begin and end an abridged episode. Yeah, I pretty pretty much it seems to be going with it with a. Uh, story arc beats uh, i okay. think is what they're where they're going for it i think they're approaching it relatively smartly but it's not directly linked to any specific episode okay it's like episodes of dragon ball z nothing will happen for 20 21 minutes and then 22nd minute someone will throw a punch and then oh, that'll be that okay. gotcha gotcha um, Makes sense. but i really do appreciate the way that they've been tackling this show and 
<clears throat> seeing these moments where it gets serious for a very brief moment before getting right back to being silly. Like, for example, my favorite part in the entirety of Dragon Ball Z is this part where Tien stands up for himself. And he's ridiculously outclassed and knowing that the best that he could possibly hope to do is slow uh, Cell, who is the villain that comes out of the androids, uh, for lack of a better way to explain it. Um, the real villain of this of this season isn't actually the androids. It's a character named Cell. And uh, he essentially sacrifices himself to slow him down in the most badass way possible. And when they do it in the show, it's still hilarious, but it's also like done with complete respect to how badass that moment is. And I guess it's easier because, as you saw, I don't know if you remember it in the first Kai abridged where Tien shows up and says, I'm the only serious character on the show. That's the joke. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's that. kind of the way they play him. Um, but yeah, I, I have so much respect for this show, not just because it, it makes me laugh so much. I love the jokes, um, but it's it's just done really well. And watching the evolution of it like Evan if you ever wanted to go back and watch it from the beginning um, it's really remarkable to see how much they evolved like even just as people who do podcasts like listening to their equipment get better over time like mm-hmm. their their microphones and their sound quality their editing quality like all that stuff getting better and more intricate over time is really interesting to watch and they just they just keep making great episodes and like I said, the gap is huge. Like the most recent episode, uh, episode 54, just came out on August 22nd, and mm-hmm. episode 53 was on June 3rd. <laughs> so oh, okay. sometimes there's a pretty big gap between episodes, but gotcha. then sometimes they do like one a month uh, for a little bit. So it's, it's and pretty I nice can, when that happens. I think I can see why they would come out so infrequently. Like there's a lot of work put into the writing of this and the editing and the, you know, then they've got to record it. Yeah, they they actually do uh, videos on Team Four Stars YouTube page where they go through like an episode breakdown and they show what the process is like, how they reanimate their mouths and stuff like that. Oh, so they do reanimate the mouths? Because yeah. I was like, that's that's the impressive editing part is every time someone's talking, someone's mouth is moving except for the voices in that dude's head. Yeah, they but like he does redraw do it lip the, flaps and off the camera look as if he's listening to himself. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's done really well. It is. So thank you guys so much for watching. I'm glad you both enjoyed it to different extents, but at least someone I mean, what honestly, Karen, what is your honest feelings on it? I th- I thought it was funny. I laughed. I don't know that I would like go watch more of it, you know, only because <laughs> they don't, I, got, I got shit to do, but <laughs> but I, I'm not going to walk out of the room because it's on, you know? <laughs> I figured out how to watch it on my television, like through Apple TV. Uh-huh. There's a there's a YouTube app. Yeah. So that's how I just sat there and went, oh, I don't know. All right, one more. Click. <laughs> okay, one more. This one's only eight minutes long. Click. No, so. it definitely, I mean, at the very least, Evan, just keep watching up to current because their treatment of Cell is I will probably backtrack delightful. and start over. Which is because also quite fun. <laughs> the 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 when I when I watched it the first time, I didn't laugh as hard. I when I watched the first episode of the three that you requested us to watch, mm-hmm. the first time I didn't laugh as hard. And then by the second one, I was like, I get this now. Then when I rewatched them all again, I I had tears at one point in time <laughs> streaming down my face because of that goddamn sense of being shit. <laughs> Krillin's amazing on this show, and if you are going to start over, you're going to love Krillin so much more. Just everything that happens on Planet Namek with Krillin. I don't is I don't know where wonderful. it was. 
at one point in time he goes uh, they go I, I think it might have been when they were looking for the androids in the town that it, one of them goes um well you know we have a lot of ground to cover so we should and then hit like his brace like oh he's gonna tell us to split up he's gonna tell we should stick together and protect each other he's like, what <laughs> oh huh? thank our green god in the sky <laughs> <laughs> we'll cover more ground if we split up. He has a point. Let's split up. Oh, green yeah. god, green damn it. <laughs> it's very funny. Very funny. Uh, thank you, Chris. I appreciated that. I it, it was I didn't think I'd have as much fun with it as I did. So, yay. All right, let's take a quick break. Uh, when we get back, we're going to talk some news. Stay tuned. Philadelphia is one of the toughest towns around when it comes to athletes earning the respect of the hometown fans. Dave DiOrio has a few insights into what it takes to make it to sports superstardom in the city of brotherly love. Find out what the likes of Chase Utley, Allen Iverson, and Brian Dawkins have done to earn their place in the hearts of their fans in an open letter to Philly's newest stars, located in the Think Tank. Our bi-weekly wrestling wrap-up show is back! Again! For real this time, JR and company recap the latest events in the world of professional wrestling, including including SummerSlam, a backstage brouhaha between two giants, and Randy Orton's new sponsor. Click over to our YouTube page and check out Ring the Bell, episode 201B. Sometimes they come back again. There's a new episode of Into the Vault, showing off a truly special piece of Chris's extensive video game collection. Have you ever thought that portable gaming is great, but what if it could be strapped to your head, shown exclusively in the color red, and had the action take place on a series of LCD frames in which it's really tough to tell what's going on? If so, the Tiger R-Zone may be the system for you. Come watch the worst Let's Play video of all time in Into the Vault, Episode 19, Tiger R-Zone. It's been a long time, but Chris is finally back to playing Pokemon Blue. In this segment of his journey, he faces off against something called Eradicate and something else called a Super Nerd, but above all, is reminded of why Zubats can kiss the fattiest part of his ass. Get caught up on the latest chapter of the saga in Pokemon Propitiation, Day 684. You can catch all this great stuff plus tons of other articles, videos, podcasts, and more right now at Geekade.com. And we're back. Thank you so much for checking out our commercials censoring uh, censoring boink uh let's talk some news uh okay charles osgood announces retirement for the cbs sunday morning after 22 years yeah i i threw that one in there because uh my mom's been watching that show for okay ever and that just this sunday morning show just always reminds me of good times it makes me happy i love that guy's voice and he uh, has been in the business for what seems to be forever so he's not retiring from television completely he's just not doing sunday morning regularly he's not going to be the host of it anymore so yeah. we will still see him on television here and again so just slowing down a bit i think he said he was 84 so mm-hmm. i think he may deserve it yeah definitely i just it was worth noting you know that the show has my respect moms awesome. everywhere uh, are bummed out word <laughs> um i caught this news article Earlier t- today or the other day, yeah, it was today. Uh, Red Dwarf season eleven is coming. When did season ten air? I want to say nineteen eighty nine. Like that was that was what. Finally, in two thousand twelve, 
the tenth season was commissioned, filmed in front of a live studio audience. Really? So, <clears throat> yes, four years ago. Huh. So season eleven and apparently season twelve are coming. Uh, spaced or spaced. Uh, Red Dwarf is a I would call it a Star Trekian type spoof, where it's a comedy based around a cast of characters. Jeez, locked started in nineteen eighty eight. Yeah, locked in a ship called the Red Dwarf. And, you know, wow. sci-fi mayhem ensues. The years uh, were, uh, just to put this in perspective, 88, 89, 91, 92, 93, 97, 99, 2009, 2012, 2016, 2017. England, Allegedly. what the hell? <laughs> Allegedly. And I didn't know there was a channel called Dave in England. So. Really? Yeah, that's what it says. It'll be on Dave. <laughs> Thanks, Dave. <laughs> uh, Chris, you brought this one up to my attention. Allison Brie yeah. coming to Netflix. All right, I am old enough to remember Glow. I am old enough to remember just watching that on television. The gorgeous ladies of wrestling. Because back when I was a child, I was a WWF fan. That's right, WWF, not E. F. Federation world wrestling federation that's what it was yes and this is a netflix television series uh, about that um it's like the, a comedy spoof on that like, yes with uh a couple of people from orange is the new black i mean it has a a, a pretty good pedigree liz uh falhive from homeland mm-hmm. one of the co-creators and carly mintz from Orange is the New Black, they're the creators, and I mean... And Genji Kohan, who has never done anything that wasn't awesome, right. in my opinion. She right. did Weeds so. and, uh, and Orange as well. And and <clears throat> Alison Brie is so selective at, at what she does. Like, she should be everywhere, and she's not. Like, after... Um, what was that show? Community? Community. She did like, BoJack Horseman. <laughs> Which yeah. I still haven't watched. I I hear things about it. I, I I don't know. That's really not my cup of tea. But I probably will check it out because there is a bunch of hype about it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, mm-hmm. But it is also a Netflix show, which is always good. Always a mark of quality. Yeah, I mean, yeah, still knocking it out of the park. I'm gonna end up checking that out when you know they release. I think it was a ten episode season. Yeah, I'm gonna so. have to, like. I'm not a wrestling fan, but I I want to check this out. I just I thought she was great on Community and. I like the pedigree, so sure. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, this Ann Coulter <laughs> article. One, all right, one of the most uncomfortable articles I've ever read. And all right, I am not big into the roast comedy. I don't like when people make fun of other people. It seems almost maliciously. But I was okay with this one. Uh, apparently, during the Comedy Central roast of Rob Lowe, Ann Coulter was there for some reason. The guest list for this roast was completely bizarre to me. It was was. Ann Coulter was there. Jewel was there. Peyton friggin' Manning for some reason. And all these people were billed as comedians. Like, no, they're not. Yeah, no, no, they're not. I mean, there were a handful of comedians on stage as well. Yeah, but but... they are the regular roast comedians. Like, (laughs) those guys are on every roast. Yeah, And, And the people who were not comedians, I couldn't figure out, like, they didn't have that I could tell much connection to Rob Lowe. Well, apparently like, Ann Coulter was there to plug her new book. 
Yes. Right. Which didn't go over well because as opposed to it being a roast for Rob Lowe, everybody turned on Anne. Because why bad. wouldn't you? Because she it, deserves it. Like, she's a ho- horrible, horrible human being. As you were saying, Evan, that you don't really like the uh, the spirit of roast comedy. I'm the same way, but if there's anybody who deserves it, it's that bitch. Yeah. There was um, one that's not in this article, but I was reading another article that, that somebody posted about it. I don't remember who said it, but they were like, well, this is a roast, but Ann Coulter's here. What's getting roasted across? <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. That and the jewel line. The jewel line made me laugh out loud. I can't support everything that's been said tonight, but as someone who hates Ann Coulter, I'm delighted. (laughs) (laughs) And this this roast is going to, it hasn't even aired yet. It's supposed to be on, what, I think Monday? Yeah, this coming Monday, I believe. Yeah, even, even Rob Lowe got in on it because she went up, tried to, I don't know what she tried to do, but she, she, Plug her book is what she tried to do. And then Rob Lowe interrupted and apparently delivered this line. After seeing your set tonight, we've seen the first bombing you can't blame on a Muslim. <laughs> Oof. When the mark of the roast is poking fun at you, you really should just pack up and leave. And you really just shouldn't when be there I anymore. thought I couldn't love Rob Lowe anymore. Um, moving on. Walking Dead. <laughs> like, NBC never changed. Okay, there was two things two things that like stunned me, like shocked me in this article. One, that someone is openly saying that Negan is going to be a game changer. No shit. Two, at the end of this article when they were talking about that the the show was originally pitched to NBC and NBC turned to said pitcher and said, "Hey, do you really think there needs to be, you know, zombies? So, yeah. Yeah. NBC. And then once they once the concept was explained to them that, you know, the zombies are there but it's still about the human characters, then <laughs> their right, the then one. their response was, "Okay, so what if it's a procedural where they solve a zombie-related crime every week?" Oh, NBC. Yeah. Yeah, NBC. Constantly knocking it out of the park. I mean, first off, can you imagine how different this show would be if it was on NBC? Like, No, I don't I mean, want to imagine that. I don't. I, no. NBC <laughs> has created some serious quality stuff over the years, so it's entirely possible that at some point in NBC's tenure, they would have done this show relative justice. I mean, granted, it would be broadcast, but it would have to be like later at night, and they get away with essentially what they get away on cable, but... The fact that this show is so huge and NBC just completely botched it, they, they've they got to be upset about that. To be fair, I don't think NBC would have aired the part where Carol shot a child in the back of the head. That is, that is also true. It is for the best that it landed where it landed, yes. more or less. Uh, but, yeah. All right, so moving on, let's cover a little bit of Nashville. Um, when... <laughs> When, when you posted these two articles, I literally thought that the first article, it says, the, the link says Nashville is premiering in January because CMT hates me and wants me to wait forever. I thought you wrote that. I did write that. <laughs> did you actually write that? Because that's the title of the article. Like, that's the first line. Uh, I, I wrote that. I, <laughs> I I read that within and within the article somewhere. Maybe it was just oh. enlarged. <laughs> I don't know, man. 
Anywho, yeah. coming to CMT. But not until January because CMT hates me. Um, I, I brought this up to my, my fellow Nashies. <laughs> Is that what you call each other? No, that's what the internet calls us and I hate it, but whatever. And <laughs> one of my friends was like, oh, I don't care as long as it's coming back. I'll, I'm willing to wait. I'm like, I'm never willing to wait. God damn it. I want my show and I want it now. All right. Well, now that you have to wait, does it make it any more pain in the assy that Connie Britton is not going to be a regular on the show? Uh, I will say I'm not surprised. Okay. <laughs> I'm not in the least This is surprised. not a shocker to you? <laughs> and I've read further speculation on this issue that the thing is that she's not going to be in, a, in the full number of episodes that have been ordered by CMT. She's just going to be in some of them. Um. <laughs> and uh, I've read some further speculation that people are like, well, they have to kind of kill off that character, don't they? Um, and oh. the logic behind it being that uh, Raina's the character, has been on the show for so long. She's been working towards all these things, and she finally has them all. She got, you know, she got together with the guy that she's been on and off again her whole life. She, you know, she made her country music label and finally made it a success. The last season, she like split up with, and then finally reunited with her her daughter over all. This. So it's like she's at a really high point, and that's where they left the show when the show left network television. And now it's you know, coming. That and Hayden Pantiere was on a plane, and nobody knows where it is because <laughs> screw you. Right. So now, like, she's at the height of like her life, and. Now she's just not going to... What are they going to do? Like, oh, she's on, like, scouting trips? Like, they're going to make up stupid reasons to have her not be on the show as much? Oh, you just missed her. She's going to Uruguay. Uruguay. (laughs) (laughs) So, So that was the logic behind the theory that they might kill her off because... There's rumors that she's wanted to leave the show anyway, and now there's no real... That's the strongest believable reason for her being in fewer number of episodes is that she dies. Makes sense. Just have her move or something or go off to train so that she can fight the androids. (laughs) Become super country music star. Why do they always have to just kill somebody off? Like, I don't know. I'm not so overly attached to this show having never really watched it, but I've listened to you talk about it so much and you're explaining that this woman's like finally at the height of her life and she's a good character. Just, don't be a dick show. Don't kill her. Let her <laughs> let her go off and, and, and have a happy ending. Or if right you are going to kill sunset. her, have her come back as like some kind of you know, general hospital style like, oh, she was actually in a coma this whole time. <laughs> well, that's n- there's no official indication that that's what's going to happen to the character. It's just fan speculation. Well, but I for it's one something hope they that don't. makes sense. Bruh. Sigh. Blorb. Alright, and finally let's cover a little bit of Flash news because we have uh, <laughs> we got three bits that popped out. Uh, first off, a good trailer for the next season is av- is available. We'll link it in the show notes, but it, it goes into the flashpoint ness of season three. Um, all the character changes that we're accustomed to, we see, um, and just the basic of the basics of what's going to be happening next season. Really well done trailer. I thought. I thought. Yeah. It looks like like his dad is going to be kind of accompanying him through the time traveliness of it. We'll see. I, I the the his father 
the, the actor who plays his father is also a speedster from another world. So I'm taking that with salt right now. I will see what happens when the season actually airs. I don't know what they're going to do with crossing over universes and so on and so forth. Um, but within season three, we're going to get Jesse Quick, allegedly. Um, Jesse Quick is another speedster from the comic book series. Uh, that is a, uh, Jesse Wells last season got hit with one of those, you know, antimatter wave bullshit things that gives people super speed. Um, but we're not sure if it's going to be actually part of the season or one of those flashes, like as, as he's traveling through the speed force or whatnot. The only, the only actual backing, if you want to call it that, that we got is a woman who is a, 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 a an autograph hound got an autograph from the woman who plays Jesse Wells and she the woman happened to be in costume at the point in time that she was giving the autograph so yeah Violet Bean is I think the woman's name or Violet so we're going to get another speedster on the good guy side which is always fun and Last week, we spoke about the fact that they will be doing a musical episode, <clears throat> a musical two-parter, and this little news article just brought so much joy to my heart, because first off, we got to figure out how to make a musical episode actually work in this show, and I'm really okay with the way that it they're eluding it to be. There was a, a little-known villain from I, a bat, uh, Beware the Batman I think it was. Was it Brave and the Bold? I think it was Brave and the Bold. It was Brave and the Bold. Okay, which was the more family friendly version of Batman cartoons and his name was Music Meister. It, somewhere I read that it was possibly being played by NPH. Yeah, I think it was in this article somewhere that they were saying that it could be. There's, I, okay. I re, I watched Batman: Brave and the Bold. I remember this episode. I could not think of a better actor to play this flamboyant cartoon character because really it's right out of the cartoon. Like that's it. There is no comic book basing. There's no backstory. It's just from this one version of a Batman cartoon that they're grabbing this character from and I would be overjoyed to see that and Neil Patrick Harris voiced the character in the cartoon yes well yes he is he is very musically inclined as well so I'm okay with the choices um yeah I I love it I mean it's just rumor at this point yeah it's all rumors but it would be great to see that and I I think it's a good way to go with I like granted I'm not familiar with this character from the cartoon but um they did it in Buffy and it worked for me so yeah <laughs> where they had like an external force come in and be like I can control everybody and make them be all singing dancey and it it worked great so yeah. now I they see no reason bring... not to do that again <laughs> they uh, they have to bring in uh, a proper director 
to do the, sh- the episode. Joss Whedon. I was going to whisper that as well. <laughs> you and me, Evan, were like same wavelength. That would be, how awesome would that be? That would be so, oh, that would be great. Not going to happen. Wait, 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 wait. Which if you're, you know, <laughs> death is not an option. Joss Whedon or Kevin Smith for the musical episode. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. So you're saying someone has to die and the other one directs? No, I'm you so, just oh, can't oh. pick death. You have to pick one or the other. <laughs> I'm gonna have to think about that. I'll give I'll give an answer next week. Gotta okay. weigh out weigh out the, the choices here. So all right guys, that's all I got. Anything else you wanna add? Uh, I'm gonna take that as a no. no. So, Chris. Hi. Are you alright? How's I'm everything great. going? Good. Oh, it's not bad. All right. If you wanted to, uh, you can get in touch with us at mail at geekade.com, as well as all flavors of social media that we inhabit. You can like us on Facebook with both the Geekade page and the This Week's Episode page. Find us on Instagram at Geekade. Subscribe to our YouTube and Twitch channels for our latest video content, and follow us on Twitter at the underscore Geekade, or follow the show specifically at Twepcast. You can also find us individually on Twitter. I'm at Geekade Chris. That's Geekade K-R-I-S. Evan is at... Geekade underscore Evan. And Karen is at shoot underscore the underscore moon. If you're interested in more information about anything we discussed tonight, be sure to check out our show notes. And while you're at it, you can also subscribe to this or any other wonderful podcast on iTunes, where if you're super nice, you can leave us a review because any and all feedback is welcome and appreciated. Again, always remember to keep your eyes on geekade.com where we post something new every single day. Very good, sir. Thank you so much. All right. It is, it is time to announce next week's episode dun 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 now i did a lot of research spent a lot of hours sitting in front of the television deciding which episode of the adventures of briscoe county jr i'm gonna make bastard you beat me to it (laughs) (laughs) and i have chosen season one episode 10 the showdown good call i i thought so so from all of us here at this week's episode, I'm Evan. I'm Karen. Sansubin. <laughs> Good night. And, I'm, <laughs> and she's still. Pregnant. I just decided, you know, it must be boring for here for Evan to hear me complain <laughs> about being pregnant every week. So switch it up. So you wanted to add a little spice to our relationship? I appreciate that, Karen. <laughs> Holy shit, I can't believe a hockey fight broke out at my kid's birthday party. (laughs) With my mom and a toddler. (laughs) (laughs) uh, Oh, that's a stinger and a half right there. (laughs) Dave DiOrio has a few insights in what... Wow. Dave DiOrio has a few insights... (laughs) (laughs) Fuck. (laughs) A few insights into what... Okay. <laughs> Fuck! I'm gonna have that made into a shirt. By the way, Dave Diorio. <laughs> Dave Diorio has a few insights into what it takes to make it into. Sp- Why am I having a problem? Dave Diorio. Actually, reading it well. Yeah, I know. It's, all the words. <laughs> it's just the flow. Damn it. <laughs> Located in the think tank. I am gonna have to re-record the <laughs> shit out of that. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> I blame Chris Randazzo. (laughs) And this concludes our broadcast day.